Good morning, church. I need to remember next year that I need to go before the kids. We should close with that. What an awesome thing to have them down front. I love their innocence. Um, I love their smiles. Thanks for being here today. Today I want to talk to you about expectations. 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 We all have them in all aspects of life. Let me share a list that I made. We go to the doctor expecting him or her to heal us. We go to the mechanic expecting him or her to fix our vehicle. We turn on the television and we expect Dallas to uh, play. Um, We go to worship expecting to be free from harm and gunmen. We go to the barber or hairdresser expecting a decent cut or style. We go to school expecting an education. We get married expecting bliss. We go to work expecting pay. We give birth to children expecting blessing and obedience. We elect officials to office electing, uh, expecting responsibility. We go to court expecting justice. We go to restaurants expecting good food and good service. We exercise and diet expecting to live longer. We all have expectations in life. Life is full of expectations. I expect the doctor to see me when I have an appointment. I expect the dentist to tell me, you have no cavities. I expect a return on my investment for my retirement. I expect an oil change in 30 minutes or less, or it's free. I expect to go to Panera and the order be right, or I get a free dessert. But life isn't always as expected. Sometimes your vehicle goes down, breaks down. Sometimes that annual physical is not the news that you expected to hear. The stock market might crash. People will let you down, and you will get cavities. And then there's church. We come to church, and we have expectations. Many folks come to church with many expectations. They expect church folks to act a certain way. They expect certain things when they walk through these doors. They have expectations of worship. I, I recently read about a church that did something different almost every Sunday. And one of the members told the preacher, I never know what to expect when I walk through these doors. Maybe you feel that way when you come here. Or maybe you don't. Maybe everything we do is what you expect us to do. Maybe we're meeting all of your expectations. Let me ask you this. What about Jesus? Do you have any expectations of Jesus? Does Jesus meet your expectations? I mean, do you expect Him to heal you? Do you expect Him to answer all of your prayers the way you want Him to answer all of your prayers? Do you expect a home in heaven? Do you expect Jesus to act a certain way? When you read about Jesus, do you expect Him to respond a certain way? Because for the most part, I don't know about you, as I read through the Bible, God, Jesus, usually doesn't do what I expect them to do. Let me give you some examples. You don't have to be very far in the Bible, Genesis chapter 6, and you read about a flood. You read about a great flood. The Lord saw how great man's wickedness on the earth had become, and that every inclination of the thoughts of his heart was only evil all the time. And the Lord said... I mean, I don't know what you expect, but the Lord said, I will wipe mankind from the face of the earth. It's not what I expected. A lot of folks who've never read the Bible, they get to that and they're like, not what I expected. I mean, I expect maybe a a strong reprimand from God to the people on the earth. Maybe some form of punishment, but to have it rain 40 days and 40 nights and to flood the earth and to wipe out almost everything, 
Not what I expected. We read in Exodus about ten plagues and frogs and gnats, and, and, and we read about Pharaoh doing all kinds of stuff. And then the tenth plague, the death of the firstborn... I mean, I get some of the other plagues because some of the other plagues had to do with the gods of Egypt and God was responding in a certain way, but death of the firstborn? I wasn't expecting that. I mean, to wipe out the firstborn of all humans and the firstborn of all animals? I wasn't expecting that. How about Ananias and Sapphira in Acts chapter 5? They, be, they come before the apostles and the apostles say, Hey, how much did you get for the sale of your land? And they lied and they dropped dead on the spot. I wasn't expecting that. As ex- maybe Peter would say, all right, I'm going to give you another chance. Is, is this the truth? Are you telling me the truth? I would expect an apology on their part. You get to John 13 and Jesus washes his followers' feet. Not what I expected. I would expect them to wash the feet of Jesus. And then Jesus says, now that I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you need to wash one another's feet. Yeah, not what I expected. Not what I want to do. I've seen some of your feet. Not what I expected. I don't want to do that. You know, when I'm reading Scripture, I don't expect Jesus to change water to wine. I don't expect Jesus to touch a leper. I don't expect Jesus to pull the coin out of the fish's mouth. I don't expect Jesus to walk on water. I don't expect Jesus to speak and just calm a storm. And when it comes to needing a Savior for our sins, I would not expect God to send His Son. And I would not expect God to send His Son as a human. And I would not expect God to send His Son to be born in a stable and to be like any other human. And I for sure wouldn't expect Him to hang on a tree. I wouldn't expect the God of the universe who created all things to hang on a tree. I wouldn't expect Him to be placed in a tomb. I wouldn't expect Him to rise on the third day. I wouldn't expect Him to leave. And to leave everything that He wants done in the hands of His followers, the fishermen and the tax collectors, and some Pharisees. We're going to be in Luke chapter 7 today. I'm going to give you another example of Jesus doing things that we don't expect Jesus to do. So let me give you a little bit of context. It's just another typical day. It's just another typical day where people expect to live. It's just another day where people expect to die. Death was no stranger in the first century. Death is no stranger today. And on this day, in this text, in Luke 7, death is a stranger again. Oh, we try to cheat death. We try to postpone death. We'll jog and we'll diet and we'll exercise so that we can just try to live a little bit longer. We watch our health. We go to health clubs, maybe play a little tennis, maybe walk a round or two of golf because we want to live a little bit longer because we know, we know, we expect to die. In fact, Scripture says it is appointed unto men once to die. Because of Adam and Eve, that's our destiny. Because of sin, that is our destiny. And yet, death is what we find in our text today in Luke 7. Jesus and His disciples are traveling along as was expected. It's just another day for them. Another day for them to learn. Another day for them to follow Jesus. Another day for them to witness Jesus in action. But today would be different. Because today would not be as they expected. Here's what we read. Jesus went to a town called Nain, and his disciples and a large crowd went along with him. As he approached the town gate, a dead person was being carried out, the only son of his mother, and she was a widow. And a large crowd from the town was with her. There were two crowds on that day. 
you notice two crowds. There's a crowd with Jesus, and there's a crowd with the funeral procession. One crowd's following the author of life. One crowd's following the enemy of death. One crowd's following the light of the world. One crowd is following the darkness of death. One crowd's heading into the town. One crowd's heading out to the cemetery. How large were the crowds? Scripture doesn't say. Maybe 50, maybe 100. Could have been 1,000. Two crowds meet on this day. It's interesting. There's two people who are suffering that are meeting on this day. Jesus, the man of sorrows. We sing that song. It's in Scripture. The man of sorrows meets a mother who is in sorrow. She's already a widow. She's already lost her husband. She's living in a culture that doesn't take care of widows, and now her only son is dead, so she's left to be completely alone. Two enemies on this day. Jesus, who gives life. Death, that sucks the life out of us. Two sons meet on this day. Jesus, the only begotten son, John 3, 16. And same language, same Greek words, the only begotten son of this mother. Two sons meet on this day, and this is what's going on. A dead person was being carried out. You know, for the most part, you know what to expect at funerals, for the most part. I mean, you go to certain funerals and you're like, I never expected that, but for the most part, you know what to expect at funerals. When there's a funeral procession, you expect people to pull over on the side of the road, the police are there, to pull people over on the side of the road. You expect people to show a little bit of respect. You expect people to say certain things, do certain things. You expect people to hopefully remove their hats. You expect people to take notice. You'd probably expect the same thing back then. You, you, you might expect, if you were in the crowd, you might expect Jesus to step aside. You might expect Jesus to tell His crowd, hey everybody, let's go to this side. You might expect Jesus to bow his head in respect and maybe the crowd with him. You might even expect Jesus to say a few words or a prayer because it's a funeral procession and there are expectations of a funeral procession because a dead person is being carried out. The only begotten son of her mother, she's a widow, she's done this march before, she's been here before. Death is no stranger to her. She's been robbed of death once. She's robbed of death again today. And Jesus sees this funeral procession. And Jesus sees this woman. And if you're reading it for the first time, as Jesus is coming upon this crowd in this funeral procession, what would you expect Jesus to do or say? Because we all have expectations of Jesus. Maybe you expect Jesus to respond. Maybe you expect Jesus to say something. Maybe you don't. Maybe you expect Him to step aside. Maybe you expect Him to move His crowd over. Here's what Jesus does. He stops the funeral procession. Scripture doesn't mention that He said anything. Maybe He did. Maybe He held up His hands and said, Hold up a minute. Maybe He said, Stop. We don't know if Jesus knew this family. We don't know if this family knew Jesus. But Jesus stops the procession... And Jesus speaks to the woman. When the Lord saw her, his heart went out to her, and he said, Don't cry. He sees the woman. You expect him to do that. His heart goes out to her. You expect that to happen of Jesus. He speaks, and you probably expect that. Don't cry. I've heard people say, Don't cry at funerals, and um, the people on the receiving end aren't real happy about that. Don't cry. Some might think that's a little insensitive, Jesus. 
But Jesus says, don't cry. And then Jesus does the unexpected. He stops the procession. He speaks to the coffin. And here's what happens. Jesus went up. He touched the coffin. A lot of folks wouldn't do that. Not in that day. You didn't touch dead people in that day. He touches the coffin. Probably an open coffin. Probably just something mat that they're carrying. Probably prepared for burial with spices. And those carrying it stood still. And then Jesus said, Young man, I say to you, get up. I mean, you might expect Jesus to speak to the woman, to the mother. You probably wouldn't expect Jesus to speak to the dead boy, to the dead body. You for sure don't expect the body, the boy, the son to respond. And you for sure don't expect the dead boy to come to life. The dead man sat up. And the dead man began to talk. Not what I expected. Probably not what the crowd expected. Would you expect the dead boy to move? Would you expect him to get up? Would you expect him to talk? Would you expect him to live? If you were a pallbearer, you wouldn't. If you were in either one of those crowds, you wouldn't. And maybe if you weren't, if you were the mother, you wouldn't. But here's the good news. Here's the good news that I want you to hear today. This boy does exactly what Jesus expects him to do. He lives. This boy who was dead does exactly what Jesus expects him to do. He lives. Because when Jesus is around, you don't know what to expect. When Jesus is around, you can expect the unexpected. Or maybe you don't. Maybe you don't expect anything from Jesus. You know, I'll show up to church. I'll go through the motions. I'll call myself a Christian. But Jesus, don't mess with me. Don't ask me to do anything. Don't send me anywhere. Maybe you don't expect Jesus to change your life. Maybe you don't expect Jesus to change this church. Maybe you don't expect Jesus to change this world. Maybe you don't have much of any expectations of Jesus, but don't feel badly. If you don't have very many expectations, the folks in the first century didn't either. I mean, they expected a Messiah, but not like Jesus. They expected a king, but not like Jesus. They didn't expect their Messiah to be plain and ordinary like Jesus You know, I wonder if we've made following Jesus so predictable, so expected, that we've left no room for the unexpected. I wonder if we've made church, if we've made worship so expected that there's no room for the unexpected. I mean, who wants to go around giving life and hope? Who wants to go around giving people direction and purpose in life? Jesus does. Because when Jesus is around, you can expect the unexpected. love this quote by Alexander Pope. Blessed is he who expects nothing, for he shall never be disappointed. Maybe that's you. You don't have very many expectations, if any, of Jesus. You know, today is Easter Sunday. You may call it Victory Sunday. You may call it Resurrection Sunday. This is the day that Jesus rose from the the grave. This is the day that Jesus did what nobody expected Jesus to do. I love the Andy Stanley quote. Nobody expected nobody. When they went to the tomb, nobody expected nobody. And that's exactly what happened. Today is the day that God spoke... And gave life to his son. I love what happens next. I love what happens next. The dead man sat up and began to talk. 
And Jesus gave him back to his mother. Jesus came out of the grave so that he could give us back to the Father. That's Resurrection Sunday. That's Victory Sunday. Jesus did on this day what nobody expected Him to do. And many people don't expect Him to do for us and give us back to the Father. We expect some form of punishment. We expect some reprimand. We're not good enough. We're not worthy enough. We expect God to send us to hell. We have expectations and expect Jesus to give us back to the Father. Sometimes we struggle with that. You know, I'm wondering if the funeral procession in this story describes your life. Alive today on the outside, but maybe dead on the inside. Just going through life, going through the motions, knowing that we all go to the grave, knowing that we're all destined to die once, and you're thinking, what's the use? The use is, Jesus said, I have come that you may have life and have it to the full. I have come that you might have abundant life. Well, I didn't expect that. Paul said, where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is life. And Jesus wants to give you life today. And Jesus wants you to give Him your life today. He knows what to do with it. He knows what to do with your life. In fact, if we want to live, Jesus says we must die. And so you'll hear us talk about baptism a lot. All this is, is a liquid grave. It's a liquid grave. For we are buried with Christ in baptism and... We are raised to have a new life. Does this funeral procession today describe your life? I'm kind of wondering, does this funeral procession in this story describe this church? There's a lot of churches that close their doors. There's a lot of churches that are dying. There's a lot of churches going to the grave. Does this funeral procession describe this church? I mean, Jesus pulled this funeral procession over and said, Wait, this is not the way it's supposed to be. Jesus maybe is pulling your life over today and saying, Stop, this is not the way it's supposed to be. The motions you're going through, the day-to-day, the things that you're dead on the inside even though you're alive on the outside. Is Jesus pulling this church over today saying, Wait, this is not the way it's supposed to be. When Jesus is around, you can expect the unexpected. Your life can be so much more than a funeral procession to the cemetery. Your life can be a celebration on the way to eternity. This church can be so much more than a funeral procession on the way to the cemetery. This church can be a daily celebration of Jesus doing the unexpected. Because on this day, on Easter Day, on Resurrection Day, on Victory Sunday, Jesus came to give us so much more than maybe the motions that we're going through. His resurrection should remind us that He always does the unexpected. So here's what we're going to do now as we head into communion. We've got four places set up here. Um, If you hadn't been here, just to let you know, we don't want to be passing trays right now because of the pandemic, so we have two in the front and two in the back. We're not in any hurry to make it through communion. Our praise team's going to be singing a couple songs. You can sing along with them if you want. There's no hurry to get through communion. So if you want to wait till the tables are clear, if you just want to sit and meditate, there's no hurry for communion. Today we celebrate Jesus. Today we celebrate the unexpected. We do that every Sunday here. We're glad you're with us today to join us in this celebration. Let's pray.